The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreChimor.com and CC1Consulting.com. Delighted to be back with you again for yet another week and uh, a slightly different show today. We're going to talk about developing talent and how to get your people to perform. And I'm uh, going to be interviewed myself today by David Bassett, this is, as this is a, a speciality area for me. Um, I'd firstly like to say, though, a big thank you to Peter Roper, who the family businessman who spoke with me last week about, of course, family business. I thought it was a great interview, and I really thought that he he got to you know the nub of what it is to run a family business. And I think one of the things that left me thinking that we need to ask, as if we are a family business, is um, is those uh, people who are involved uh, in the family is what are your reasons for being involved what's important to you because those can change at um you know regular intervals and people peter said you should ask that question every three months so attracting recruiting and developing talented people to perform at a high level i think is a real art form and it's an area that a lot of people have challenges with so during this show what we're going to do is we're going to explore some of the different facets of developing uh, talent and some of those will be relevant to yourself as an individual uh, in particular, and also how do people support perform at this high level. Now, this subject is a key subject for me. We haven't really covered it before on this show to date, and I thought um, I should share my experience around it. So to help me do that, I decided to enroll uh, a friend of mine. He's also a client. His name is David Bassett. And David is a senior lecturer from Leeds Metropolitan University, who is also launching his new own business, um, supplying uh, themed party packs for events such as the World Cup in Brazil. And I recently helped David to produce a podcast series for his university. And while he was interviewing me for the series, the idea of uh, giving him the opportunity to interview me on the show seemed like a good one to help him develop this new talent that he is, uh, is creating for himself. So uh, a big welcome to uh, David Bassett. Hi, Chris. Great to be with you, and uh, thank you for inviting me to be your guest interviewer this week. I suppose I should start by introducing you and Chris. Chris and his day job, I know, is in high demand as a developer of talent. In fact, he's been helping me develop myself over the past few years, for which, Chris, I'm uh, very grateful. Chris helps many individuals and businesses to develop their talent and to elevate themselves to a higher level in their marketplaces. He works with startups through to multinationals, He's also the president of the Professional Speakers Association here in the UK and is founder of this show, which I know is accessed monthly in over 50 countries. So, Chris, I'd like to start by asking, what exactly do you mean by developing talent? 
Excellent. I should also just say um, to, to that, thanks, David, that um, I'm, I'm a, a, yeah, a president, a regional president of the, the Professional Speaking Association. I'm not the national one. <laughs> not yet, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, so developing talent. Well, uh, let's look at the definition of talent first. And, and talent can be defined as a group of aptitudes that are useful for some activity. And I think uh, the thing that I am very aware, you know, coming from a business background, is that in business, you need to be good at many aptitudes to be really successful. And, you know, some talent um, we have is kind of innate, and some of that can come through genetics, you know, and, uh, you know, from that environment that we're kind of brought up in. But if we're not um, in a situation where maybe we're, you know, we're living with a, a bastion of industry, somebody who's um, highly successful in industry or has been a great entrepreneur, you know, as a, as a father figure or a mother figure, uh, then, you know, we've, we've got to learn a lot of talents. And I guess people in those situations still have to learn various aptitudes uh, to become really successful. And I don't, Dave, are you familiar with the film The Matrix? Uh, I am, Chris. Uh, a favourite film of mine, in fact. Yeah, my, one of my favourites as well. And I don't know if you remember in that um, in that sort of movie, the kind of hero uh, Neo is is given you know amazing aptitudes or talents, and they're kind of downloaded to him uh, through the back of his head and programmed in. But the unfortunate thing is, as as uh, kind of the immortals, uh, we've actually got to learn those talents, and and they take <laughs> they take um, time and encouragement and and focus so it's important i think when you've got people uh to develop your talent so that they can achieve more but also you've got to walk the talk and develop yourself and your talent too if you want to really realize your potential that's a nice example chris and uh, wouldn't it be nice if it was it was so easy to develop our talents in in that particular way now chris i've been a part of of one of your your programs and i know that this is a, a topic that's uh, very near and dear to you, but why? Why did you first become interested in, in talent development, and why is this something that's really important to you? Well, I think, I think as a, a young boy, I didn't actually have an awful lot of confidence in my own talent. I was uh, relatively quiet. Um, I sort of did my best. But I, I didn't really you know, understand the bigger picture, I guess. And, and it was kind of like in my life, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's, uh, there's certain points in your life come along and they kind of take you by surprise. I remember being told that I was going to fail or, 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 or just marginally pass possibly a, uh, an ex- a particular exam. It was, I was doing something called A-levels, which in the UK we do then before our degree. It was, uh, it was economics. And I, remember deciding to dedicate my Easter holiday to, to reading about it because I hadn't really done an awful lot. And I read about this subject and by the end of the holiday, I was really fascinated in it. And I remember I came out with a, a top grade and, a, and a, a college prize for it and what have you. And I discovered that on a number of occasions that where I started to give focus and I started to develop these aptitudes and actually I could achieve some quite amazing things. So... Um, you know, talent development uh, became more important. And then, you know, in my 20, uh, to 28, I did some, uh, I went on a great course. The course was called Landmark, and it kind of changed my mind, my, my, what was really possible, and things started to improve. I realized that, you know, how I think and what I, what I learn and know and how I feel determines my actions and my results. And I got 
clear about my purpose in life. So, uh, and I saw my career just sort of pick up. So now what I realized, a bit like kind of Neo, there were times if I want to do something, but I have to um, develop those aptitudes. So let me give you a couple of examples. The speaking that you mentioned was, uh, was one, where five years ago I'd only really done corporate presentations and training courses, delivered them, but there's a very skill required. So I had to you know, learn the tools of how to do that. And you know, I've gone on and now I can do that with a, you know, a fairly high level of capability. Um, writing books, a few years ago I had this dream that one day I'd write a book, and, uh, but I didn't know how to do that, so I had to develop the learning, the aptitude, the people around me, and, and, and I'm delighted to say, I just, today we've just been offered a, 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 publish, a great publishing deal um, with a, a very big publisher. So that's really exciting. So you know, what, you, what you put your mind to, I think you can achieve, and you know, developing talent for me, there's nothing more exciting, I think, than helping others to also realize that and realize their dreams and ambitions. And, uh, you know, you never thought you're going to be uh, interviewing on the radio, did you? No, no, I uh, I didn't. And and you're right. It's, it was nice listening to some of your, your examples there. We, we never quite know what the what the next step is and, and what the next challenge is. I, I liked right at the start there, you talked about uh, for your A levels, I think having to do some extra readings and some and some extra study, and it's coming up to that time of year at the university where university exams and assessments are are coming up, and I couldn't help but find myself thinking, yeah, I hope that some of I hope that some of my own students are are listening to this. Uh, now, Chris, I I don't want to sound like the voice of doom, but the reality is that not everybody fulfills their potential. So why do you think that some people don't necessarily fully utilise their potential? I, th- I think there is a, there's a few things. I think there are those people who maybe lack confidence, like um, I did. Um, I think there are also people who, I think we all have a bit of inherent late, a lot of us. Uh, so I think that can be a challenge. And I think there's also can be a lot of distractions. You know, in our, what's important to us at certain times of our kind of development, like, you know, in our, te- when we're in our teens or in our 20s, you know, we can discover partying. Uh, our hormones, hormones can be running kind of rife. And these can dis- uh, So I think, um, I think there's kind of a number of factors. But actually, I think the important thing is that you you start to develop some responsibility and decide what you want. Because a lot of people also don't know what they want. Um, the thing I do know, I, I get to have the privilege of talking to a lot of sporting people and, 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 and business high achievers. And what I have noticed in them, though, David, is that they've, what they are people who have really sacrificed a lot to get where they are. And, and I can see that in myself in the last few years. I've sacrificed a lot to be able to do what I do. And, and, I, and I know you have. And um, you can't always have your cake and eat it. So you know, the reality is that if you want to achieve great success, you've got to be able to put the effort and the energy in uh, to do that. Yeah, sound, sound words, certainly. Uh, Chris, I think we've, we've got time for one more question before the, the break. So can I ask you about businesses? Um, how do you think certain businesses get it wrong when they're trying to recruit and develop talent? Um, well, I think... Uh, recruit and talent. I think. I think recruiting. I think the key thing is that you recruit the right people in the first place. So I think having a good, rigorous process to make sure you do that, and that you are recruiting the people that you actually need for the job. And uh, I think we'll talk about that a little bit more because sometimes people recruit people like themselves, as because they think they're going to get on with them. And 
might not be the right um, requirements or the prime requirements uh, for the, you know, ideally get on with them, but um, they shouldn't always be like yourself if they've got particular requirements that you need doing. I think the other thing, I think, um, you know, people, people can acquire knowledge and they can develop skills, but actually developing the attitude is something that is really difficult to train. So you've got to recruit people with the right attitude, I think. I also believe that what what companies don't, don't often do is put people in their kind of personal flow in the in the kind of roles and responsibilities where they're you know naturally comfortable and naturally happy. And I think it's very important to make sure people are put in those right places. And uh, you you doesn't mean that you can't put them out of the comfort zone, but you know if you can put somebody in a job. Which uh, they uh, they enjoy, and you can put them out of the comfort zone within it as well. That's going to be far better than putting them in a job that they don't enjoy, and expecting them to do even more of what they don't enjoy. If you, if you get what I mean, um, and I think also having some kind of discipline process, processes, um, being prepared to invest in your people, being prepared to put some money into their development, and um, really take into account what they want. I think is uh, what's important and be prepared to, you know, have some external parties in to, to help you because sometimes that impartiality enables you to really see um, what we would probably say, um, uh, you know, see the wood from the trees. So Chris, you, you mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that we're, we're coming to a break shortly, but just quickly there, you mentioned about being prepared to, to invest in, in the people within your businesses. I, I guess you're a believer then that you've got to be prepared to uh, speculate, to accumulate. I think that's a, I'd say that's a really you know, good point. I think people do appreciate it when you, when you invest. I remember running a particular program for a, for a bank and uh, a few people came up to me afterwards and just said, How, you know, what a great experience it had been. It was about rapport, developing uh, rapport with, uh, with their um, high net worth clients. And uh, somebody said, uh, you know, say, actually, you know, if my company can invest this kind of money and me doing this, why would I want to go anywhere else? And I think, you, you know, people... People who are keen to develop and grow, and not every not everybody is, but those who are rewarding them with with development, uh, when we we often have this insatiable desire to keep you know keep progressing ourselves, built into certainly certainly high achieving people. Um, I think people are more likely to stay with you. They're more likely to, if they ever do leave, more likely to think highly of you and talk highly to others. And I think you get more out of them and you know more energy and efforts if you if you put that investment in. I think it's a nice, um, a nice example to use because you're right. It's it's not necessarily always about um, looking forwards and, and developing, but actually keeping hold of and retaining the people with the, the skills and experiences and, and knowledge within your within any organisation is is key. So I guess you've started to talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe companies get wrong uh, around recruiting and, and developing talent. Uh, when we come back from our short commercial break, what I really wanted to ask you is whether you can give us some some simple steps, some practical steps that businesses and, and organisations can can use to try and ensure that they really are getting the most value uh, out of the people uh, within their business. So, as I say, that's something I'd like to ask you uh, a little bit about after um, after our commercial break. So, we are going to go to a, a short commercial break now 
Uh, and then in a few moments, we'll be back with you, Chris, and uh, you can offer us some uh, some very sensible and practical steps for how we're going to get the best out of the, the people within our, our businesses. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Welcome back. This is this is actually David Bassett. This isn't Chris Cooper. And uh, today it is a, a show with a twist. I'm interviewing Chris. So, Chris, before the break, you were telling us some of the things that maybe businesses do wrong uh, with uh, developing their talent. So, can you offer us some practical steps, things that we can do to really try and make sure that we get the most out of the people within our businesses? Absolutely. Well, the first, first one, David, that I, I think I mentioned earlier is really about recruiting to profile and not your profile. So, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, people do tend to recruit people like themselves quite often. Um, the second one is really to know your people. I think actually knowing the people is really important, but really, really knowing your people, I think is is important. Knowing what uh, you know, what are their values, um, what is their kind of nature, where are they naturally uh, most comfortable, uh, where are they not most comfortable, what are their aspirations. Important. The third point is about maximising their flow. So, um, you know, don't put a a right foot on the left wing if you're playing football. Um, I had the privilege last year to play at a, a football ground called Brentford 
town and um, play a, a proper football game on there. And I threw me, put me into, from centre forward, put me into left wing, I think. And when the ball came to me, I just missed it. And not being a I didn't think enough. Like except I thought I was doing badly until he noticed it and put me on the right wing when I, I you know, picked up every board and started playing well again. Uh, the next one is uh, about balancing your teams and making sure those are balanced. And then remember that as a leader or, or as a manager of people, actually you've got a responsibility to manage, coach and lead. And I think look at your team and your people in a uh, in a in a an analytical way and, uh, and, I, and put a strategy in place to improve their performance. Then I think you need to also create a great learning culture. Uh, people do like to learn and it is important if you want to develop your talent. And the final point that I think we should talk about is about really creating accountability so that, you know, there are times when you just don't feel like doing what you need to do uh, to get things done. And there needs to be accountability in place to make sure and to help you to perform when you need to, whether you feel like it or not. So I think we should talk about accountability as well. Okay. I didn't know that you had um, played for the mighty Brentford Town. I think, is it the the Bees? Obviously, you you weren't so successful that they they didn't snap you up. I didn't didn't actually play um, for the Bees. Um, Somebody somebody hired the stadium for the a relative of mine and, and put a, a you know a team of uh, team of veterans together <laughs> no, it was fun it's, uh, it was really fun because I hadn't played football for a long time so I just got myself fit and was in quite quite good shape for it and uh, and then the but the other team a lot of those played professionally every week and ours didn't so uh, it was quite a hard game because we were playing against people who um, who, who generally played a lot but we, we I think we made it we, we played well uh, considering it was a great experience. Have you ever done it, Dave? Have you ever played on a? a I've not. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, soccer fan uh, myself, and uh, my team is actually Newcastle United, and that would be a, a little bit of a, a dream of of mine as well. But uh, like you, like you, I'm, I'm not entirely sure where my best position would be and, and how I'd sort of contribute. Uh, best to the team but uh, no it's not something I've done but certainly something I'd I'd love to do hey look Chris I'd, I'd like to get back to you, you give us a, a list of steps there I think the first one I've jotted down here was you talked about this idea of recruit to profile and, and not to your profile now I, I think we sort of talked a, a little bit about that maybe sort of before the before the break but is there anything you'd like to to add around that I think the I think the important thing is to is to really write and get very, very clear about what you need for your specific role. What, what are the characteristics, you know, is the knowledge, experience, the attitudes, and what are the, char- the characteristics, those aptitudes that you must have from the person to deliver the role. And you've got to, you know, have a good rigorous process to make sure you, you get to a good short list of people who are able and capable to do that role well. Um, provide- you know, there's good demand in the market design in the marketplace for, for that role. Um, what I think, um, you know, if we give you an, ex- an example, it might be that, for example, let's say you're looking for an administrator uh, or you're looking for a you know, project manager. Uh, you a person, for example, then um, it's, they're going to have skills that are different to yours. The challenge can be is if you're doing the interviewing, and then the team doing the interviewing is of a particular profile type, 
is that they might be looking for characteristics that are more like them and the fact that they get on well with this person. And um, but the reality for you know, if you look, if you look at say you know, just a simple four, you know, four side square. Um, some people are very innovative and they're kind of big picture in their thinking and they're good with sort of strategy and ideas. And the base of the square is, is would be people who are very good at maybe uh, delivery and operationally getting things done. They're good at um, doing tasks in the, in the moment and they need direction, while, whereas those people are more innovative like to set the direction. And then you've got um, on the left-hand side of the square, you've got people who are more detail-orientated, a bit more introverted, you know, like systems, like processes, like structure. Um, and on the right hand side, got people who are much more people orientated and, and are more extrovert, love being around people. Uh, those sort of people are like more likely to be in a kind of sales type of role or a marketing role. But you're probably looking with, um, you know, an administrative person or a project manager. You're probably looking at someone who's more systems orientated and more structured and more detailed. So that's got to be recruiting to. Um, not recruiting because uh, somebody really just gels with you, uh, and then of course you've got to make sure as well that you uh, that you find you've got the right attitude in there. You know, you've got someone who's wanting to develop, wanting to contribute, wanting to grow. Is not just there to take the money and leave and go go and do whatever they need to do at the weekend. Uh, they're there because they are excited about being part of your your business. Um, so I think that's um, what I would recommend people do really. That's great. I always like that example as well when we talk about attitude. I think it's probably because my very first, very first job many years ago now out of university, I worked on a, a graduate management scheme with um, Marriott Hotels and, and one of the things we were always we were always told was that you recruited for attitude and then you trained for skills. And really, you know, there was a, a great emphasis on making sure that you were getting people into a hospitality and a, a hotel business that, that had had the right attitude, you know, that were going to look after the guests and look after the visitors to the to the hotel. Uh, Chris, the second point that I made a note of here was um, how do you get to know the profile of the people within your business? So how do you do that? Let's just use the example that you gave partly in that as well, um, is that, uh, you know, the well, the person that you need there is somebody who's customer-facing, who's customer-friendly, who also cares about customer service and maybe happy with some kind of routine. Um, what you don't want is somebody who's introverted and uh, and is too busy focusing in on on the process and not giving the the customer and giving the customer attention. So um, you know that that profile of that person is 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 different. Hotel groups, you know, have made mistakes in the past, has had airlines with recruiting those types of people. Um, profiling, there's many tools in the marketplace. Um, you know, these tools give you, you know, people have got to answer questions, usually online. These give you maybe 90% accuracy. So they give you something to, to work with. They all originate from Carl Jung's work, usually, which was, you know, partly an interpretation of the I Ching, which is an old Chinese philosophy. Um, I have I've studied and used loads of the tools, and I even did analysis when I was at Mars as a, as a trainer of all the different tools that are available. Um, but the tool that I personally use is one called Talent Dynamics, and also there's a, an entrepreneurial version called Wealth Dynamics. Uh, I find these hugely valuable. Uh, and what I do is uh, people take online profiles. I sell them the tokens in, in blocks to be able to do this. Um, I have the ability to be able to combine my clients' uh, into, uh, to, uh, profiles into teams as well so we can see 
what the overall team effect is and where you might have gaps and where you uh, you might not and the insight is just uh, from it it's just hugely invaluable i mean i run i've run many teams in the past and some international teams and i loved um, running teams of people but i wished i had this information at my fingertips and had known that files and known how to, how best to deal with them and how best to deal with their talent uh, so uh, you know, there's no excuse for, for not really understanding the the profile and nature of your people that's great some uh, some very sensible some very sensible advice okay chris uh, it's time for us to go to a, another short commercial break uh, we'll be back with you in a few minutes From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Welcome back. This is David Bassett, and today I'm asking Chris Cooper how to attract, recruit, and develop talented people in our businesses. Uh, Now, Chris, before the break, you were telling us about some of the practical steps we can use to get more from our people. The third point that I made a note of here was around um, profiling and and using that to maximize flow. So what do you mean? What do you mean by maximizing flow? Yeah, I think think the idea of flow is a really good one. It was uh, first, um, the the gentleman who did the work was... um, called, I think, Mikhail Kmenci-Hal. He was a, a Hungarian psychology professor. And, and what he did is he realized that, um, you know, this kind of zone when we, we perform at a, a higher level, you kind of in your flow. Uh, and he said that you, you know what you need to, what, when you're in your flow, you know what you need to do is possible to do, even though difficult. And time disappears. You forget yourself and you feel you're part of something larger. So that's this kind of feeling when you're in your flow. And the reason that you, you asked me in the break, actually, about, you know, what's the kind of radio about talking about different profiles and things like that. And I, 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 
with a lot of profiles. I just personally love this talent dynamics tool because it talks about flow, which other other tools don't, and it also um, talks about enables you to explain in a very sensible way and where your gaps and all that sort of thing will be. So I tools in my toolbox, but that's kind of my favourite one at the moment, I guess, from a, a talent development perspective. Um, um, but what you do with that, though, is that you then use this information to put people into the right roles so that they're happy. So, you know, I'll give you an, an example. There was a, a, someone I spoke to recently, and they put somebody into an operations role, and they hadn't really, really performed. They put them into a finance role. They haven't really performed as well. And they said, well, where can I put them? What can I do? And I looked at the profile and said, this guy should be in marketing. Uh, you know, if, if he was in marketing, I think you'd be maximizing his flow because he'd be happier there and more fulfilled. And they said, oh, gosh, yeah, that's a good idea. I've not thought about that. Um, and, uh, you know, the poor chap had been in, in experiencing areas where, uh, which would be good for the future because it's good to do different functions. But, you know, hopefully this one you can go into and, and really, really perform. That's great. Yeah, again, it, it sort of brings us back to this idea, doesn't it? We've, we've got to make sure that um, people are, are sort of satisfied, people are, are happy, people are enjoying themselves in the in the work environment if we're going to retain uh, the talent. And you're right, you know, I think we've all got our own personal examples of maybe where we found ourselves uh, whether it's working in particular roles or departments or, or teams or, or projects and we've sort of had to think to ourselves you know I'm not really sure this is this is where I can can contribute uh, and it's it's not always the the best of times in a work environment and um, Chris the the next thing I noted was talked about balancing teams now I guess this goes a little bit back to your example of you being a was it a right footer on the left wing or a left footer on the, the right wing I can't quite remember Yes, I'm, I'm a, I was a right, right foot on the left wing. I should have been a right foot on the right wing. Uh, and you know, my profile is kind of on the, the right wing because I'm kind of extroverted, I'm a sort of people orientated uh, individual. And what we you find with teams is that sometimes teams are out of flow, and that can happen at a board level. Uh, often does happen at a board level. If you've got a dysfunctional team at a board level, quite often you haven't got the right team in the room. And there are individuals in there that are probably not in the right place. And, and that can happen right the way through your organization. And what you should strive for, I think, is to have a, a very balanced team. And I've got a client of mine who I worked with, um, their board, about three years ago. And he really took this on board. And there were two particular roles that just weren't quite, uh, weren't, were out of flow, really. And uh, what he did was he, he then looked to recruit the ideal profiles to back the team and make sure that you've got the key bases covered because when you've got a board you need to be covering areas you know like uh, strategic thinking and blue sky thinking and ideas you need to have people who are good at sales and marketing and a people orientated you need people who can deliver and handle customer service or operations and you've got to have financial people who can manage the money and uh, or manage the systems or manage the league so you need a good balance and uh, therefore I think you know, m- moving towards this team, and I kind of measure that with this profile, and, you know, perfect as a balanced team will be a, a, a team in at the square. Um, uh, and you can uh, you can move to high performance. He's done. He's got a really high-performing team now. Um, so I think it's important uh, for, for sales teams, for example, of course, they're going to be more of a similar profile. But what you also need to do 
in sales. You need people who can also keep an eye on the numbers, uh, people who can make um, cold calls. And so you're going to need some other people in that team or extended team that are going to give you the balance, uh, if that makes, uh, makes sense. So if you're a, a you know, legal team or a, a set of accountants or you're more, you know, you're more kind of detailed, and you also need people who can handle marketing and, and people and customers. So, yeah, you, yeah, understanding your team and building the ideal type team over team over time is important. <laughs> Chris, thinking about your own experiences of working with with different senior teams in different businesses, do you think there's a are there any sort of commonalities around where the imbalances are? Do you find that that senior teams are often lacking in in certain areas, or is it a case of different teams and, and different balances? What I see is is different teams and different balances. I mean, I've seen I've seen teams where you've had partners who've set up the business who've got very similar profiles because they all liked each other and they're mates first. <laughs> then look at how they created the right people around them. Uh, I've seen teams where maybe they've got a couple of people that are just out of kilter. It may be, you know, I remember one company where they had you know someone running a really important, very mature function, but they were real. You know, uh, which actually just traded, and uh, you know, not a lot changed in that industry, and the industry wasn't that open to change. And someone who's who's radically wanting to change everything, it was was actually not the right person. Um, well, they've been far better in a new developing uh, function. Uh, so I see I see different issues in different um, boards and different teams. Sometimes there's too many people wanting to be the face of something. Sometimes there's nobody who will be prepared to maybe be the face of a new product or service. So, yeah, there's a, it, it, it's a different scenario usually in each instance. No, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Now, another point I, I noted down here was you talked about, I think the phrase you used was managing, coaching, and, and leading people uh, to, to develop the talents. Uh, now, those those words, managing, leading in particular, often used interchangeably, but what do you mean by those different phrases, you know, managing, coaching, and, and leading people towards developing their talent? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question to ask. What do I actually, is tends to be a bit more of a, a directive kind of style, and it might be more more focused on the organization. So, you know, getting getting role profiles sorted, making sure prior clear, um, you know, getting detail of what happens people's or you know maybe papers or uh, things like that you know man- managing the right people in and putting them in the right roles whereas um, coaching is more um, more non-directive and it's more about asking questions and listening and uh, you know bringing information out of an individual so it can be more it can be more personal element in there you know what are their ambitions their goals what trying to achieve you know how does the company is the company working out for them you know uh, how are they getting on with their colleagues what what changes would they like to see um what's going on at, you know how are things at home? Uh, how's the wife and the kids and the, and the family um uh, so i think that's a different style to coach rather than being directive and then the leadership piece is really about setting the vision and uh, having a compelling vision that people you know all feel part of and excited and about I see really kind of three three different kind of roles there which um, anybody who whether they're a manager or a leader have got to really uh, be mindful of and, uh, and and have you know good strong aptitude in each of them
And I guess similar to when we were talking about balancing teams, I guess that certain individuals are going to to be sort of stronger. Maybe you might have an individual that is is naturally, you know, a, a good leader. Do we say? I know that's a, a whole other debate, and and maybe that some of the more functional management skills don't come as as naturally. You know, another individual that the coaching, nurturing, supporting side of things may be may be very natural to them. But maybe some of uh, the other aspects might might not be. Is is that the case again? Do you find that with some of the the people that you work with? Is it a case of do, does anybody dare I say does anybody sort of possess uh, all three of those attributes in in great qualities? I think so, and I do think people who really do, and I've got clients who really do, and I think they've learned very emotionally intelligent, and they understand that they need to play you know different roles at different times, and they they can do it really interchangeably. Um, let me an example too of maybe you know how you might have to use some of these different uh, different skills with looking at your team so you know if you've got maybe let's say you've got a team of seven or eight people and there's a, a little model that called the have you come across the skill will matrix uh, it's not something i've come across no chris i think i first came across it i think it was in a book called of coaching by max landsberg i think the first time i ever saw it so it may have been in my mars days when i I saw it, but it's a very simple model. It's uh, it goes um, on the left hand side, low will to high will, and on, on the on the so the the y axes on the x axes, it's low skill to high skill, and it's it's like a you know four box four boxes. So if you look at low will and low skill, if someone's got low will, i.e. low kind of desire or motivation, and they've also got low skill, well, firstly you might think why have I got them in the first place, but actually. It might- <laughs> come straight out of college or something and they're just nervous and they need some support and they've got to you do investing in them for the future for those people you've got to really direct them so i think that's probably as much you know leading or you know and and also managing the the management elements of what they need to do but you've you've got to brief them clearly you've got to understand what's important to them you've got to help them see a vision for their success for the future you've got to um, you know help them with some little wins so that they're starting to feel good about themselves and, and see some progress you've got to really um, be uh, you know manage to work closely with them give them frequent feedback and, and set clear expectations but with somebody who's um, got low skill but they've got high will and you again that can be a trait with uh, young graduates or people you know, moving into a new role I've been there myself in in the past um, they're really they'll get on and get things done but what you've got to do in that situation, you've got to act as a bit of a guide. So you've got to reduce the risks um, because they might get themselves into trouble and, and, and also reduce some obstacles for them so they can get on and make progress. You might have to constrain them a bit. I mean, you might have to provide them with some tools or some training or some guidance. Um, but as they improve, you're going to kind of relax that control, uh, if that makes, makes sense. And moving across to someone's got low will, but maybe they're highly skilled. Maybe they're coming towards the end of the career and they're, they're starting to think about retirement or uh, maybe you know, have the sound of redundancies and they're feeling a bit kind of low. Um, what you've got to do there is you've got to excite them. You've got to get them really enthusiastic again. Uh, you've got to motivate them. Maybe you need some incentives. Um, you've got to make sure that their values are aligned with yours. You've got to give them feedback and give them fat praise and reinforce that. And the final kind of segment, uh, you, you might have split your people up and see so you've got s- some people who are not only high in their wit, they're also high in their skill. So communicate how much you trust them and respect them. You maybe give them other people to manage. Uh, 
those people are going to start to, you know, going to fly. So you treat them with, you know, as a, as a, a partner, as a right-hand man or, or lady or, or whatever. So some different requirements needing to, needed to develop talent at different stages. Yeah, that's great. It's a really nice, simple, effective tool and a, a nice way of uh, thinking about that. Okay, time for us now to go to our final commercial break. And again, we'll be back with you in a few minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Welcome back. This is David Bassett, and today I'm interviewing regular host Chris Cooper. Uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you, what do you mean when you're talking about a great learning culture? Yeah, I think a great learning culture, David, is an environment that really helps inspire uh, development of talent. Uh, an environment where people are really encouraged to to grow and to learn and also to take some responsibility for their own development because that's more powerful than people being told what to do. I think when you bring people together in teams to learn and solve problems together, sometimes with you know external coaches and facilitators, um, lots of bespoke uh, development events where there's maybe you know conferences where you've got speakers coming in. Or, um, or alternatively, you may just have a library of materials if you're a small, a small business and you're just doing some, some events. Um, you know, some organizations have uh, you know, study groups and uh, do self-development learning. 
Uh, I think having organisations that have got a plan for individuals for their own development. And um, you know, some companies, the culture that I, I worked for for seven years was uh, Mars, and they had a you know, training academy. I believe that you know, they, have, they invest so much money in people's development every year. There's a budget for them to do courses that they might want to do. Um, and uh, they're, you know, they're really good at doing that. But one thing I would say is you know, great learning culture also sends people on the right programs and courses. So um, you know, trying to s- sending uh, your sales team on a, a finance course for three or four days, all you find is you've got a sales team who are extremely bored and demoralized. So you might be better off sending a person in that team who's got a responsibility for finance on that finance course who enjoys it. Um, so uh, I think that's really important as well. Um, you know, Dave, um, just very quickly, you know, you've done a, you're a learning organisation and you've done a great thing to to add to the learning culture. Yeah, no, it was interesting just there when you were talking about people taking responsibility for their own development. I couldn't help think, you know, in my job as a, a university lecturer. You know, I've certainly learned that, that the trick really is to is to encourage the, the the students, you know, to take ownership for for their learning. And and once the students take ownership for their learning, um, then all of a sudden my job becomes a a lot easier. But no, I think yeah, Chris, you you talk about I think you mentioned there the the Ask the Expert interview series which we've we've just recorded for the for the students you know that's been great and and really I guess that's been partly in response to the fact that maybe people are learning in different ways as well so we've created an interview series and a podcast series where the students can listen to all sorts of industry experts but the students listen to these uh, podcast interviews in their in their own time and it's about them perhaps again taking on the ship and the time to to listen to some of these resources brilliant brilliant uh, Chris, last last of your points, your initial points that I jotted down was around accountability. I know this is near and dear to your heart, Chris. So, what do you mean accountability? Well, absolutely. I, I, what I mean by accountability is that you know we can all experience times when there's things that we we've got to do, but we just don't do them, or we struggle to get them done. And I think what great organisations do is you know they, they acknowledge that. Maybe if someone's ill or they've got some, you know, personal issues going on, and maybe performance might not be where it's it typically it typically is. However, what they have got is they've got mechanisms in place that really help people perform. And this is a really, you know, it's a big thing for me. I've got a got a book that's um, coming out and will be published this year around this. Um, you know, and it's the kind of things that you need to do is you need um, you know clear job descriptions and role profiles. Um, you need to have a you know a clear vision that gets people excited that starts to hold them accountable because they realize that actually if i don 't do my uh, my piece i 'm going to let the team down um, there also should be reviews and review meetings and uh, doing the appraisals are really important because some companies I see you know don 't quite get around to the appraisals this year that 's not acceptable you know it's that 's important to an individual to get some feedback. And also, to, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to give some feedback as well. Uh, so, you know, that's really, really um, important. And it's your job to hold uh, people accountable and uh, to, to help them to deliver to the level that you want them to deliver to. 
And what about if somebody really doesn't want to do something? They really don't feel like doing something. Are there any particular mechanisms or, or tools that you might suggest? Um, I think um, with people, I think, you, you, you know, you maybe get into performance management at possibly at that stage, but that might not be the case. It might be that you need to put in some kind of an incentive or, or award. But the thing I think is, um, is, is what you might want to try and create is a really help them create a really compelling reason to act. So that really compelling reason to act might be, actually, if you do a great job with this project, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to present at the, at the annual conference or the uh, you know, mid-year conference. Uh, now, you also got to be mindful, though, that for some individuals, that will be highly motivating depending upon their, their kind of nature and profile. But you give that to somebody else to do, that could be extremely demotivating because that could be the worst thing in the world for them. So, you know, <laughs> the worst case scenario, if you're trying to give someone a, you know, a bit of a stick, it might be, actually, if you don't do a good job with this, I'll make you, make you present, present it at the conference. Um, so I think there are a number of different um, things. The other, another thing I think is, um, can be good is putting, you know, finding a reason to put pressure on people to perform. One of my clients call it goat rodeos. Putting in a, you know, an event or an activity or, or a deadline, or maybe even it's a false deadline. You get someone to go and present to the board or to a, or to maybe um, to a director who's in on the game as well, and um, that they want to see what you're doing a week on Monday. You know, that's going to focus the mind. So sometimes you've got to put these compelling reasons in to to make people uh, perform uh, for you. Goat rodeos, that's a, a phrase I've not come across, Chris, but uh, maybe, maybe that's a conversation for another day. Hey, Chris, I've really enjoyed uh, being the, the guest interviewer today, but I'm, I'm mindful that uh, our time is, is drawing to a, a close. So is there a final message that you'd like to leave us with today? I mean, yes, and you've done a great job, Doug, by the way. Um, thank, thank you. Um, the fi- final messages, I mean, I think you've got to... We've got to walk the talk as as an individual, so it's no good talking about talent development and harping on about self-development if you don't invest in yourself in those areas and people can see it. So, you know, get into um, self-development yourself, um, if, and if, if, you're, if you're not, um, but keep walking the talk. Um, the other thing I, th- I would really say is just really, really, really know your people, know you, who you're recruiting as best you can, and get to know your people and uh, make sure that you're managing them. And you know, if there are difficult issues, sometimes you've got to uh, got to address those issues. And I think um, you know, keep developing talent, your talent incrementally. So you know, keep invest, keep investing, keep um, realizing that you know, fast gains don't always come at once. But uh, but if you keep that momentum going, and you can instill the enthusiasm in people to to take that uh, mantle up and do things themselves outside of work, etc then um, you know, you're going to move to being onto a winner. And this seriously can impact your bottom line. Thanks, Chris. Wise, wise words indeed. So, Chris, who will you have on the, the show next week? So I'll be very quick because I think we've got about a, a minute left. But um, we've got a, a, we're going to talk next week about engagement. Um, I've got a, a guy on the show called Stuart Pickles, actually a, a, another client of mine, but a, a really interesting guy, being um, very senior um, corporate uh, and he had a very life-changing experience when it came to coaching and took uh, in his organization, he became an ambassador for coaching and as a, he was a chief financial officer actually, which was very unusual for a chief financial officer and the results were significant, uh, really uh, amazing. And he's gone on now, he's a, he's a, he's a speaker and a, and a mentor and a coach and he's got some really important lessons to share, to share for, for anybody who's in a leadership role 
um, and anyone who manages people about how do you really engage, really truly engage with others. So I think that was going to be a great show. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.